So here we are. He is risen. I know it's a bit weird. Can't quite get as excited as we want to. But but Jesus did the impossible. He, He rose again. Like, wow. Like, history was made. It was all changed. What a day to celebrate. And, and, and it's great to be able to do it with some friends in the building this morning. Welcome. Excited to see you. A glimpse, perhaps, of what is yet to come. But don't forget, we, I would say turn and wave, but I'm not sure that they'd see you. But hello, we, we, we know that you're still with us as well if you're tuning in online. And it's been, it's been a crazy year, a bumpy year to say the least. It's our second Easter in lockdown. Is that anything, is that like even a thought that any of us would have ever fathomed? Lockdown, what is that? But the second Easter, we've been here so long. And it's been a heck of a journey. It's been bumpy and the world has definitely had a few scars along the way. I wonder what scars you may have picked up along this past year. I wonder as you think back to the year that we've journeyed, what scars you are walking out of lockdown with. Scars are a funny thing. I've got two scars, I'm not sure if you can see them, on my chin, right there, now. If my beard gets long enough, I can hide them, but without the beard, they're right there. And in fact, the hair just does not grow in that part. Those two scars I got on two different instances as a little child. The first, I must have been about four. I don't fully remember the age, but I remember the encounter. I was playing with my cousin at the time living in Venezuela, and one of the security measures that people had in houses down there was they would have big fences, and at the bottom of the fences, Rusty nails. And well, we were messing about. I got shoved, I fell, and took a nail to the chin. As you do. (laughs) That was the first one. The second one, it was Christmas Eve with my mom and dad, about the same age, a little bit older possibly. We were away for for the holidays, and we were in a hotel, and I got out of the shower, and my dad wrapped me up really, really tightly to the point where I couldn't really move. And he put me down on tile floors, and I had wet feet, and I slipped, and I couldn't control myself, and down I went. Christmas Eve in the ER, and my mom and dad say they've never seen a doctor go so pale in their lives. Because all I wanted was a Band-Aid, and I made sure everybody knew that that's all I wanted. These scars tell a story. These scars haven't left me, and they never will. They're there. And I've got all sorts of different scars. I've got a scar on my hand from when we had a flower business, and I used to process boxes, and I stabbed myself by accident, as you do. I have a scar on my knee from a knee surgery. We all have different scars. I'm sure you probably have a list of them. Not all of our scars are physical, mind you, but we have those scars. And oftentimes we want to forget our scars. Oftentimes we want to do anything we can to avoid remembering what came with the scar because that came with pain. But actually I think there's something in scars which leads me to today's reading. We're going to turn to Luke 24, 36 through 49, which is the account of Jesus appearing to his disciples. Now, this is after uh, the, the women see the angel in the tomb. This is after Jesus appears to Mary. This is, this is after she runs and tells uh, the, the, the disciples. Um, and this is after Jesus appears to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Like This is already several things have happened at this point, And we enter into scripture, starting at verse 36, where it says this. While they were still talking about this, the disciples, trying to understand what was going on, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. 
He said to them, why are you troubled? And then why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me. See, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were, still did not believe it because of joy and, and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of, of, of broiled fish and, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He had said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, that everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Amen. Wow. I mean, what a moment. The disciples discussing amongst themselves, is it true? Is he really? Has he risen? Is that a thing? He just shows up out of nowhere. He's there. And then he asks for a piece of fish. Well, some food. I mean, can you imagine? Like, Jesus was hungry. He's had a rough couple of days. But, but the first thing I notice in that scripture is that the first thing Jesus says to them is, peace be with you. But the disciples are not peaceful. I mean, immediately after that, it says, they were startled and frightening, frightened, thinking that they'd seen a ghost. I mean, Jesus shows up and says, hey, I, I'm offering peace. Peace be with you. And they don't have peace in that moment. They have Jesus himself, the resurrected Jesus in their presence. But he does not have peace. But you see, I think this teaches us that to receive the peace of Jesus, we need to recognize who Jesus is. To receive the peace that Jesus brings to offer, we need to recognize that it's him. Now that sounds like a really simple statement to make. I get that. But I think so often we, we pray for peace. We expect peace. We're like, Lord, peace, please. But we don't always recognize that he's in the room with us. That peace that surpasses all understanding only comes from Jesus, but we can only receive that peace if we recognize Jesus, if we recognize who he is, if we recognize when he speaks, if we recognize when he is with us, when he's calling us. So how do you recognize Jesus? By his words, for one, yeah, absolutely. We recognize those words. It's amazing because sometimes you hear non-Christians quote scripture without even knowing they're quoting scripture. And what do you do? The first thing you think of, I've heard, I've heard Jesus say that. I don't know about you, but that's my, my reaction oftentimes, especially when it comes from a non-Christian because I'm like, you don't even know that you're sharing the words of Jesus. You're, you're talking about love, about grace, about peace. That, that's Jesus. I recognize Jesus in that. How else do you recognize Jesus? By his actions. Well, I mean, yes, but by the miracles that we see him perform, by, the, by those things around us, when we see the miraculous, we go, wow, that was the Lord, wasn't it? Amen, hallelujah, come on. 
There's some nods. That's about all I get in, in a COVID secure way. That's <laughs> don't get too excited. But how else do you recognize Jesus? By his scars. Verse 38, he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Jesus' scars is what he says to his disciples to recognize him by. Now, this is something that I find fascinating because Jesus is a healer. He brings healing. And Jesus was literally dead. And he rose again. And in rising again, he could have been like, you know what? Going to heal my hands. Going to heal my feet. Going to heal the, the, the wound. And the... But, he, but he doesn't. He doesn't because his scars are important. His scars matter. Those scars tell of what he's done for his disciples, for you, for me. His scars are what he points people to when they have questions and doubts. I mean, doubting Thomas himself says, I will not believe until I can put my hand in the wound. And Jesus goes, okay, go on then. (laughs) Imagine if he would have resurrected and come back healed, which he could have done. It's Jesus. But the scars matter. They remind us of what he's been through. They remind his disciples. They're a witness of who he is and what he's done. Without the scars, there may not have been the certainty. There may not have been that moment. Who knows? For doubting Thomas, poor guy, for Thomas, it was that which he needed. That's what he called for. That's what he cried for. I mean, we know that he doubted, but until he saw that, hey, you never know. But you see, some scars remain to remind us of the journey that's been traveled. I'll just take a moment here for a second. Again, Jesus is resurrected. He has this miraculous power to bring the whole, his whole self back, but he doesn't fix his scars. He chooses to keep them. It's to remind us to remind us of the journey that he went on, of what he's gone through for us, for you and for me. Verse 40 says, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. He showed them, he actively went, hey guys, look. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he then asked them, do you have anything to eat? (laughs) I love how Jesus does that. Completely disarming, (laughs) always around the table. I'm hungry, shall we eat? (laughs) But he literally says, look at my hands and my feet. And I love that scripture tells us that the disciples still don't believe. Like they're so overjoyed. They're so overwhelmed. It's like, yes, it's him. Could it be him? But no, I can't really believe. Have you ever been in that moment of like, it's almost too good to be true? Can you believe it? They were going through that with the resurrected, the risen Jesus in front of him. And he continues in verse 44. Jesus says, that is why I told you that while I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. The, 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 the disciples were so excited, so stoked would be the word I would use, with excitement that, that they almost couldn't believe what was happening. They were like, wow! 
But the truth is that it's not just for Jesus, but for all of us, scars remain to remind us of something. And and scars are are a result usually of something painful. I get that. I mean, Jesus had nails put through his hands and feet. That's pretty, I mean, I've not ever experienced that, but I cut myself once with a flower knife and that was just a little, and that was bad. He experiences pain that we can't even fully imagine. I mean, we reflect on it on Good Friday, but I always say doesn't even paint a, a, a close, a real picture of what he actually went through. And you'll have scars, both physical, emotional, spiritual, perhaps. This past year has been tough in so many ways. I'd imagine you might have a couple of knocks and a couple of scars to show from the year that you've been through. I know I do. And the thing is that oftentimes in the midst of it, in the thick of it, my instinct is to say, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want that. I want the healing. I don't want the scar. I want full releasing from that. And oftentimes Jesus will say, well, yeah, I'll heal you. I'll, I'll protect you. I'll, I'll give you the things that you need. But hey, you also need to learn from what you've gone through and be reminded of those things. And hey, Adrian, look at my scars. Remember what, what, what they mean to you? Remember what they did for you? And sometimes I need to look at the scars of my own life. They remind us of what we've been through. But your scars are also a reminder of, of what you battled through, what you succeeded through, what you fought through. Jesus coming back with scars is also a way of saying, hey, guess what? I was killed. I had death, but I defeated it. And your scars are the same thing. Hey, you know what? That scar there tells them a story of how I I defeated pain in that moment. I learned from that. Sometimes we have bigger, deeper emotional scars and you kind of go, man, what's the heck? But you learn from them. And they remind you of what you've gone through. What God by his spirit has encouraged you and empowered you and equipped you to do and to fulfill. And you remember the power of the resurrected king in you and with you. Some scars remind us that the journey we've traveled might be hard. But we're reminded of the fact that Jesus has been with us every step of the way. That even in that pain, he is there. It's a reminder that Jesus has got you. It's a reminder that he is with you. So I wonder if I can encourage you to let your scars point to the scars of Jesus. I wonder if I I can encourage you to, to let the scars of Jesus remind you why he came. Because Jesus came and suffered for all nations to be set free. I've been saying it for weeks and I'll continue to say it probably after this series, but Jesus is for everyone. And his scars remind us that he came to set everyone free, to release us. And if you don't believe me, those are his exact words in verse 45. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. 
beginning at Jerusalem. All nations, y'all. Like, I think it's amazing because it's because of those all nations that you and I know Jesus. Because of that all nations. He could have said it's just for them, just for you guys. Well, we're stuffed then, aren't we? Oh, man. But he did. It's for all nations. So the disciples go and they make disciples and make disciples. And hey, here we are, the result of disciples making disciples. And hopefully you're making disciples as well. Jesus came and suffered and has those scars that we would have freedom. That we would have forgiveness. That we would be set free from our sins. It doesn't say that Jesus came so that our scars could be taken away. It doesn't say that Jesus came so that we'd have really easy, pain-free lives came to set us free, that we would be forgiven, that we would have forgiveness in him. Now, please don't mishear what I'm saying. That doesn't mean that the pain that we are journeying, that we have journeyed or that you are possibly in isn't real. And that isn't me disqualifying those things or saying, hey, just get over it, build the bridge. It's fine. That's me saying, hey, guess what? Jesus is with you. And if he can overcome death, He can strengthen you and encourage you to overcome whatever you're in the midst of. And hey, there might be some scars on the way out, but those are going to remind you of what he did in you and through you and how you overcame anything that God was with you in, that you were thrown into, that the enemy tried to throw at you, that the world tried to throw at you. And you might be thinking they're going, hold on, well, how? Like, how am I set free? How do I move away from, move on from my scars? But the truth is that as we accept the truth of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes with power from on high. Jesus' words, as, as we recognize Jesus by his scars, as we recognize him by his teachings, by his words, as we accept the truth of who Jesus is for us today, the Holy Spirit is poured out for us. And you might be thinking, hold on, it's Easter. It's not Pentecost Sunday. Why are you talking about the Holy Spirit? We're just talking about the resurrection, Adrian. I'm talking about it because Jesus himself does. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus himself, when he appears to the disciples, says, hey, guess what? Good news. I'm alive. Look at the scars. Woohoo!" And also, by the way, the Holy Spirit's coming. Relax. I know it's all a bit crazy. Don't leave this area until, until the Spirit's with you. You don't want to get into any trouble by yourselves. But when he does, go. And for us today, we don't have to wait until the Spirit comes because the Spirit already came. Amen? Maybe? Kind of? There's like a... Again, COVID secure ways. Can't can't smile. Can't even tell if you're smiling or not. It's really awkward. But we see that Jesus right there speaks about the fact that actually he came. And as we accept the truth of, of his death for us, his resurrection for us, the Spirit comes. That we would be clothed with power from on high. For the disciples, they had to wait. Yeah, they had to wait for the day until the day of Pentecost. And I mean, I can only imagine what that waiting must have been like. All right, Jesus, any day now. But also equally, that moment of like, hey, stop questioning Jesus. I mean, he said he was going to rise again. We didn't get it then, but he came back. We saw him. He was there. So just chill. The Spirit's coming, man. Can you imagine those conversations? I get lost in my own conversation. There we go. But as we repent from our sins, as we leave back our rubbish, as we seek him, 
God's Holy Spirit comes on us. And today we remember the fact that, that he was resurrected, that actually everything that he taught, everything that he did, everything that he loved was true, was real, including that of the promise of the Spirit for us. God's Holy Spirit comes with power from on high, power from on high, power to push through anything, to defeat anything that, that the enemy throws at us. Hey, in the name of Jesus, by the power of Christ in us, right? We can take anything to clothe us, to be with us. I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me because I go, all right then, come on, let's have it. Jesus has got my back. Where are you taking me, God? Where are we going? What's next? Who's next? Let's go. But the sad thing is that sometimes I only get to that point on days like today. When I dive in and I remember all that he's done for me, when I look at the scars and I go, wow, look at what Jesus did for me. And so the challenge for us, the challenge for me perhaps, maybe it's just me, but the challenge is to live in resurrection power and to live in resurrection truth every day. That every day we would live the life that Jesus wants us to live, that we would be reminded that the fact that we, as we accept him, he gave his life for us, that we would have eternal life, that we could move in all that he's got for us all day, every day. And that's exciting. It's a challenge. But it's like, wow. Jesus, you did that for me. Wow. Today we celebrate that Jesus came for everyone. And I genuinely believe that that is worth celebrating. And I, and I know that, hey, we got to wear masks. And I know that we like leave this building and we can't even really be within like two meters of one another. And, and I know that life is completely ridiculous compared to what we're used to. But none of that matters when we focus our eyes on Jesus and we go, he is worth celebrating. He is worth celebrating that, you know what? He gave, came and he gave his life for us, that he poured out his spirit for us. And you know what? Come on. I can handle another lockdown. I don't want to handle another. Hear me clearly, all of y'all. I don't want to handle another lockdown. But if I, if I have to, bring it. My hope's not in a vaccine. My hope's not in, in, in lack of lockdowns. My hope is, don't get me wrong. I want to hang out with y'all. I want to see y'all. The mask thing's freaking me out. This is the first Sunday in a long time that I've preached to people and you're all looking at me funny. Like, I get it. It's weird. But this is nothing. Because the power of the resurrected Jesus is in me. And it's the same power of the resurrected Jesus that's in you. And you can push through and you can go through, but there's something worth celebrating today. He came in the most dramatic and amazing of ways. He is risen he is risen like Jesus is. And even now, sometimes we forget, oh, it's a great story in the Bible. No, Jesus is still alive. He's still alive, y'all. And that's worth living in truth. It's because of this day in history that we can call each other Christians, that we can call each other brothers and sisters. If it wasn't for this day in history, you might be a good friend. Perhaps. Perhaps our paths would never have crossed. If it wasn't for this day in history we wouldn't be Christians. The Christian faith falls if the resurrection falls. And it doesn't. It's, it's true. It's because of this day in history that we're family. 
Now, some of y'all might be thinking, that's not worth celebrating. I've got to dealt with another brother, not y'all. <laughs> that's a joke, just in case I can't tell the masks, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but the truth is, it's because of this day in history that we have a Christian life to follow, to a, a Christian life to live, that we have everything to celebrate. It's because of this day in history that the, the Bible actually means something. And it isn't just a whole bunch of rubbish words. This isn't just another book. It's the Word of God, and we, we actually have that only and really because of this day in history. Because He is risen. And you need to remember and understand that He came for you. He came for you in whatever situation you're in, whatever rubbish you've gone through, whatever you've been through or are in, your past or your present, He came for you for your future as well. Again, Jesus doesn't force himself on us. But he does say, hey, come to me. So are you going to come to him? Are you going to celebrate and live in the resurrected life that you have with Jesus? I mean, I want you to. (laughs) But I can't force you to. He won't either. But the fact of the matter is Jesus is for everyone. You and me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I thank you so much. I I thank you that you are for everyone. I thank you, God, that, that that you sent your one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not die but have eternal life. I thank you that you walked this earth, Jesus. I thank you that, you that you taught us how to live, that you walked an example of how to live, that you loved the way we're called to love, love that, 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 you, that you were merciful and gracious. I thank you, God, that the perfect example of life we see in you. But I thank you that it is not just your life, but also your death and your resurrection that we celebrate. I thank you and rejoice in the fact that, Jesus, you're alive. That you are alive. And Lord, I pray that I would live every day in that truth. I pray that we would live every day in the reality of you being the risen king that you are. Lord, and I pray that we would not dwell on our scars, that we would not get lost in the pain of them, but Lord, that we would be reminded of the strength that we had because of you, how you pulled us through things. God, I pray that we would look to your scars and be reminded of all that you've done for us. And that we would be encouraged and reminded that you poured out your spirit for us to equip us for all things. Lord, I pray that we would be a people rejoicing and celebrating in the truth of who you are and what you've done. Not just today on Easter Day, but every day, Lord. That every day we could remind, be reminded of who you are. That every day we could celebrate who you are. Lord, we love you. We love you so much. But we want to love you more. We want to love you more, God. We thank you and we praise you. That we can celebrate being brothers and sisters in Christ today. We thank you and praise you for who you are and what you've done. And Lord, we ask for more of you by your spirit to equip us, to encourage us, to transform us, that we would be more and more like Jesus every day. And it's in his precious and awesome name that we all pray. Amen.